everybody, and welcome, welcome to Oh This Podcast, episode number 21. It is our primetime episode. Deion Sanders <laughs> up in the building. Yeah, he's actually not up in the building, but I got Steve Hombaker joining me from the wild, wild west, the Bay Area, San Jose. <laughs> Steve, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I kind of wish that, you know, maybe, I mean, did we try to reach out to Primetime's people? I, I'm not sure if they got back to us or not. I don't know. Huge fan of the show, though, I've heard. Huge fan of the show. <laughs> so, um, first off, let's address something. This episode that we're going to be doing, our 21st episode, is something that we've been having R&D work on for a while. It has been in the hopper. There has been a hotly debated topic that we have uh, been prepping for for weeks. And we want to thank you for all the patience and uh that everybody's had as we've started to uh, accumulate the investigative journalism and reporting and research and development of the people, our research teams uh, for yes, this topic. Know, much like uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, invested in the and uh, in, in bought the uh, Washington Post. Maybe he'd be interested in, uh, you know, sending us a little bit of that Amazon money. I mean, we could go really in depth on some of these things. If you, if, you know, you just want to throw us a few bones that way. Here's the little Patreon. But anyway, before <laughs> we do that with Jeff Bezos and that, Steve, tell everybody a little bit about the show. Tell everybody how they could find us, what to find us, how they can spam us on the interwebs and yell hate, hateful and also maybe not hateful things at us on the Twitters and all that stuff. Will you do that for me? I, I will be happy to do so. So if you want to catch the uh, show, you can get us on our website at ohthispodcast.com. Uh, you can also uh, like our page on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we also have a Patreon page for those who would like to uh, support the show. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, both Patrick and I individually on Twitter as well. If you want to uh, hit us up there with any, uh, you know, you can slide into Patrick's DMs and tell him about how he's wrong about something if you wish. Or tell him that he's right in, in the rare instance that he is. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But beyond that, yeah, I mean, that's those are probably the best ways to get to us. Uh, the fax machine is back working, although we forgot the number. So, uh, you know, we'll have to get back to that one on another episode. Smoke machines and snail mail, and then you can get us there <laughs> as well. But, Steve, thank you again for hopping on and doing this. Uh, we're going to take and join in right now. But first, the first and foremost thing that I want to do before we go into the main beer of the week is give you Patrick's Hot Tub Beer of the Week, and it is none other than Deion Sanders' primetime's favorite beer, Bud <laughs> Light Lime Marita can be consumed in large quantities. It tastes like limes, and it comes in eight ounce cans. And is that a question mark? It tastes like limes. No, it, it tastes like limes. It comes in. It's basically there's an ounce of alcohol per fluid ounce of booze. So it's eight fluid ounces, eight percent alcohol. So <laughs> you know these are good for your nice hot tub days and all these like lounging on the moments. When you're taking and thinking about mowing the lawn or just, you know, a nice uh, morning commute beer. They're small enough that you can hide in a purse, a bag, a sunglasses case. Bud Light Lime Marita. We are not sponsored by them, but that is the hot tub beer of the week. So, Steve. And we also, and we also don't condone drinking on your commute unless you're on the train. Yeah, bus, train. Right, maybe <laughs> if you're riding your bicycle, but do not drink and drive. We are not a... We are not advocating that. But, Steve, I know you got a lot of updates you have here, first off, with minor league hats, beers. Let's just – you pick. Dealer's choice. We're, well, we're going to roll the hat one route first because, uh, you know what, uh, I feel like uh, uh, I just bought a couple new ones, and uh, this one uh, let's celebrate. Yeah, let's celebrate the, the magnificent franchise that we're leaving first also. Oh, yeah. So, again, we have to – 
give major shout outs to our June hat of the month and team of the month. Uh, and the really, I think the, the team that captures the soul of oh, this podcast, which is the Fresno Grizzlies um, doing some tremendous promotions uh, out in uh, the central Valley of California uh, just had an awesome Simpsons night. Uh, they've got a bunch of, uh, of new uh, promotions coming up uh, for the rest of the year. They've also got, obviously, their very popular uh, Taco Tuesday promotion. Uh, so, yes, we must uh, bid, you know, it, it, we, we've celebrated them. Now we must bid them adieu. It's and we ad- must roll into our, our, our new franchise for July. Adios, Fresno Grizzlies. Adios. <laughs> so, for July, we are going to take a little trip down south. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna drop down a, a level. We're gonna be moving down from AAA down to AA, uh, where a lot of you, you you'll find a lot of good prospect talent. But uh, we're gonna be checking out the Southern League and the Tampa Bay Rays affiliate, which is the Montgomery Biscuits, based in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, you want to check out the uh, if you if you catch us on Facebook, we'll also share this on our uh, you know this post as well. But we've got a picture up of the fabulous uh, Montgomery Biscuits hat, which contains a picture of their mascot, which just so happens to be a, uh, a I guess you would consider it to be a, like a mascot, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a biscuit <laughs> with arms and legs. See Montgomery Biscuit. Yeah. And, and he, I believe is, I believe they go, they call him uh, Monty or Mo, something along those lines. But uh, yes, he is a 100% a, uh, the, their, their team, uh, symbol is a buttermilk biscuit with a pat of butter of course and that's the funny thing is that's not their like that's not their food truck thing that's their team they are no, this the biscuits. one yeah this one is not a gimmick uh this is a straight up team name so uh yeah they they have fully embraced uh minor league lifestyle and uh the minor league team naming conventions and uh, i'm a big fan of it they also have an excellent excellent colors because the hat is like it's a yellow base with like a dark blue bill, and then it's got their goofy ass uh, biscuit sitting right in the middle of it. You can't you can't go wrong with it. The only thing that would be better is if they played at Cheddar Bay Stadium or something like that. <laughs> yeah, if they well, you know, maybe they're working on like a biscuit night where they've got like Popeyes that comes in, KFC, Red you know, Lobster. They, yeah, that that would be impressive. So we're gonna get in touch with their people because uh, we've got uh, we just yet another fantastic business idea that we could work with them our people will be in touch with your people <laughs> but yes they are the featured hat of the month for july so uh, congratulations to uh, the montgomery biscuits it's all gravy there so <laughs> let's just hop right into uh after that what is our beer of the week i know we have my hot tub beer but what are you drinking I am drinking the, we're going back to the Midwest again and uh, back to uh, kind of a staple of mine, uh, Three Floyds. And uh, we are drinking their uh, Session Pale Ale Yum Yum. Uh, like I said, uh, it's a pretty uh, sessionable beer. It only clocks in at about like 5.5% ABV. Um, it's very easy drinking. Uh, it's got a, a fair amount of malt to uh, kind of balance out any sort of hoppiness. So it's really it's pretty inoffensive. A lot of people think, you know, pale ales and they think it's really bitter and stuff, but uh, this one is uh, certainly a, a balanced beer. Um, it's actually kind of sweet up front. Uh, then it kind of, you get some of the earthy, like uh, citrus and mango uh, notes from the hops. They actually use a proprietary hop blend uh, for, for this beer that they've developed with uh, one of their hop producers. So you can't uh, quite get all the details on what blends and what things have gone into it, but uh, it's a very tasty beer. And uh, yeah, clocks in at uh, 89 on Beer Advocate and a 93 for Rate Beer. 
And uh, yeah, just a really, again, a solid effort. Uh, Three Floyds knows how to make a pale ale, so uh, you can't really go wrong when you uh, pick up one of their beers. Can't go wrong with that. That's awesome. Well, without further ado, I think we must uh, we must uh, uh, go into, we must commence the first segment. Is that correct? We must. And we, you know what? It's been a few weeks. You know, we've been, uh, you know, with all this research, I really haven't had an opportunity to let the, uh, you know, the, the horn out of the bag. So we're going to get a little a wah, 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 wah. Let's kick this shit off, dog. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. What do we got going on? Well, Patrick, we just, uh, you know, we just celebrated this nation's independence. And uh, you know what? Uh, more often than not, uh, people out here, you know, you're celebrating. You, you bust out the fireworks. You get the uh, family or friends together and uh, you uh, fire up a, uh, a grill and you start barbecuing. Um, so basically, Patrick, we're going to tackle some, uh, you know, some of the ins and outs of the uh, summer barbecue uh, industry. We're going to talk about a little bit of uh, some go-to foods, maybe some uh, horror stories. You've got some, maybe some major success stories. I don't know. We're pretty bad at, uh, at some of these uh, <laughs> things tend to blow up in our faces. So, uh, but uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive in. Did you do any barbecuing over the fourth? I did not. I did not. Well, personally, I didn't barbecue. I think I'd had some barbecue related foods. Okay. Um, but I didn't barbecue myself, but normally the 4th of July is That's always the... better that you don't barbecue yourself. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you know what I mean? I did not prepare, prepare or procure food that has been purchased or has been prepared <laughs> on a, uh, open flame. Uh, normally it's like the 4th of July is always the one where you do the, the, you get everybody out and it's the, I always call it the paper plate holiday because everybody's out and no matter what you've got, oh, You've got everybody just, you know, housing down obscene amounts of food, like absolute obscene amounts of food. Like I always look back at Jim Gaffigan. It's like, oh, yeah, it's Fourth of July. I could have a burger, a steak, two hot dogs and blah, blah, like (laughs) part of his skit. But like for me this summer, I didn't do any barbecue for the Fourth of July. I didn't do anything for Memorial Day. But like what's so what's your go to entree when you're taking them thinking about that? You know, getting a grand old excursion to a maybe a picnic station or something like that yeah i mean i'm i've always i like to keep it simple um you know if it's like a if it's a group that's bigger than like four people uh i really don't want to do anything elaborate so like if i'm if i'm firing up the grill it's pretty much just gonna be burgers and hot dogs maybe brats um because i really like i like i like to grill other stuff but i hate dealing with it on any sort of scale so it's like sure doing grilled chicken or barbecue chicken like that's great but it's like if i have to barbecue chicken for 25 people it's just a miserable time you're just like plastered over the grill the whole time you can't like enjoy yourself you're it's usually hot outside so you're sweating your ass off um so yeah i mean i I like to i like to stick with the basics and i mean and i mean really basics like i'm not talking about like going and get yourself like all beef hot dogs or anything fancy like that like just give me like a package of oscar meyer regular ass hot dogs and like just some basic decent frozen burger patties or or fresh ones if you've got the time to prep I mean, them you don't really so. want ass hot dogs no you don't that that's less than ideal <laughs> it's especially not basic ass <laughs> <laughs> but uh well i mean that is basically what they're made out of isn't it but <laughs> <laughs> to each their own we'll, we'll leave some sort of mystery for some people there but uh yeah i mean that that's really where uh where i go with it i mean uh maybe maybe get into something like uh like chicken if it's a small group but yeah it's it's generally the 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 staples for the for the barbecue that i'm into 
Yeah, if I'm cooking for like two to four, I'll probably think about doing something that's a little bit more elaborate. Like, so for me, my I had to get an electric grill because of my apartment. It didn't allow you to have any like charcoals and stuff like that. And yeah. I think one of my disasters was when I was cooking up food last year. And then since it was electrical, it was on the same circuit as everything. I popped the fuse on <laughs> the entire thing. The air conditioning goes like all the power in my apartment. It's like for like this grill. I'm like, oh, so it was, it's a like an oversized George Foreman. Grill. It's not a Foreman, but it's like right. it's still electrical. It wasn't the greatest, but like I can do like a lot of carne asada. Like that's what my go to is if I'm doing like a steak, like just mm-hmm. actually do some like skirt steak, some nice. Some nice, tasty. I know my way around the grill. Uh, one disaster that I uh, can tell you about is it's not always grilling. Sometimes you just have to, like, whenever you cook bratwurst, make sure that you take and uh, cook them to well done. A medium rare <laughs> bratwurst is not no. something that you should be doing. It's um, less than ideal. It, 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 you, you think you might be able to get away with it, but, like, you know, some people are like, you know, medium rare chicken. No, don't do that either. That's <laughs> like, there's things that are like, that you have to do like medium rare is always the beef, but never go trust, trust your instinct. Anything that is non beef related, go, go, go that well done. Take and burn the thing to death because it's just <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as disasters that I've had, um, going to like bratwurst, you know, I think of is like the, like Johnsonville, like cheese sausages or any, basically any liquid flaming from, hot lava. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. I, I one time burned the living bejesus out of my lip on one of those dumbass cheese sausages from Johnsonville. Like it looked like it was fine. It looked like it had cooled down. Like I just grabbed it out of the, you know, grabbed it off the plate, figure, Hey, this thing's good to go now. And I, Oh God, that was, that was horrible. Like it, it, it seriously like messed me up for like two weeks. Like it wasn't like a third degree burn or anything. It was just like annoying enough to the point where it was like, it was a bad enough burn where like I felt it every time I was taking a bite of something. You out kneeled Neil <laughs> Seinfeld reference. If you don't get that third degree crepe burn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, beyond that, honestly though, like the biggest fuck ups I have on the grill are always related to charcoal grills, man. Like just give me a damn gas grill and, and it's all good. Like, there, I cannot stand like, I mean, charcoal has great flavor when you cook with it and everything, but Jesus Christ, like I do not have time to sit there and wait for the damn coals to get hot and then find the perfect spot, make sure there's no hot spots and grill over the damn thing. I mean, I've had four or five times where, I mean, and admittedly, like I'm not, I'm not the best at, at cooking with charcoal. So it's like, I do it, you know, reluctantly when that's what's there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just sitting there, it's like, all right, we're going to wait for our food to get uh, cooked and, oh, it's taking 45 minutes because these shits aren't hot. Yeah. I mean, charcoal for, if you're trying to do something quick, just doesn't make sense, but there's, there's no way to go unless you're like, if you're smoking something like, right. and, and I, I don't think that is, I don't think of smoking, using a smoker as a summer barbecue thing. I think that is more of like, you could do that year round. Sure. And that's like, I never have really, I, with, with occasion, I've only had people that have done like the smokers for a barbecue. It's really because it takes so long to take and actually yeah, have you that. You really happen. have to plan when you have a smoker. Yeah. Well, like one of the, so what's your go to in terms of like, is the, is the summer barbecue for you just all about getting, getting friends together and getting beers and yeah. And you know, seeing where the, seeing where the night takes you. <laughs> I'm more about the food to be honest with you than, uh, I mean, I, I very much take the, uh, 
Jim Gaffigan approach where I wind up housing like four burgers, three hot dogs. And I mean, the, I think like the main entrees are, are usually fairly easy with the barbecue unless you're trying to be elaborate. But I think the sides are where uh, a lot of like, you can you can definitely make some hay with good side dishes at a barbecue. Yeah, you can make or break a barbecue by your side dishes. So yeah. what's the go-to? What's the go-to? I'm I'm all about the potato salad. Uh, okay, uh, what classification of potato salad you got? Any potato salad. Okay, because you got your German, you got your yellow mustard, you've got your loaded potato salad. I think I would pota- say I would say like, I mean I like I love German being German. I love German potato salad, da, but uh, it's not necessarily like the easiest or most like typical barbecue version of potato salad yeah, so it's extra slimy if you leave it out on the table <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's not like quite as palatable like it's got a lot of vinegar in it and stuff like so a lot of people aren't into it as much um i personally like the like, like a mayo based um a potato salad closer to like a uh closer to like a loaded potato salad or an aioli <laughs> But uh, I got I got no uh, I got no no fight against some uh, a mustard potato mustard based potato salad those are perfectly fine too. Yeah, I think you can judge a barbecue by the macaroni salad that someone brings. Okay. Like, I can think that you can judge any barbecue as a stack rank by the macaroni salad. Like you can judge a ref, a steakhouse by the ability for them to make a ribeye. You know, like there's this mm-hmm. certain thing. Like you know, it's gonna be a good good uh, barbecue if you see some homemade mac. Uh, macaroni salad where it's not too like mayonnaise and all that stuff that's sure. that's you know I, I think you're there but like yeah potato salad is right up there as the as the high point anybody that puts like quinoa or kale you can just get the <laughs> fuck out of here you should go go home go home take your take your rosé and get the fuck out of my barbecue <laughs> i like a good uh I like uh grilled corn too that's always a solid uh get on the on the barbecue day see i would like I don't know. Grilled corn's good. Like I remember where you went to school, they had the corn fest. Oh yeah. Uh, but another thing is like, don't bring me kale. Don't bring that weak shit in here. Get me a <laughs> solid broccoli salad. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I- I'm not discounting all green vegetables for everything like that, but I'm just saying, know your audience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the barbecue. I don't think it's time to get gourmet with anything. Uh, you can do some stuff that's a little, you know, like I said, you can get a little fancier, maybe with a smaller group, you do something like you, like you said, like a good skirt steak, maybe make flank steak or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, don't, don't overthink it. I mean, just, just stick with the basics and you, you know, everyone will be happy at that point. Yeah. Any recent disasters? <laughs> not re- not really. I mean, I grilled up some uh, burgers the other night uh, that uh, turned out pretty decently other than the fact that I had to, uh, I had to wait to, I wanted mine medium rare. Uh, I had, it was just a, a, across the board. Like we wanted a medium rare. We wanted a medium, we wanted a medium well, or then a full blown well one. So uh, it was like, all right, I got to sit here and like pull these things at the same points. Like, yeah, I could have thrown them on the grill at different times to achieve that, but that requires more planning than what I was willing to put in. And uh, so I just kind of eyeballed it and, you know, the, the well one turned out well. Uh, the other ones just turned, didn't turn out as rare as they wanted, but right. uh, such is life. See, well done. Just put more pepper on it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I can't do the, the well done on it. I'm, I mean, anything besides uh, chicken or uh, or a bratwurst, uh, I don't want well done. Yeah, exactly. I, you ruin the meat. You ruin the beef. Like, especially some of those steaks, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some are barbecues. Like, what is your are you pro or con cornhole on summer barbecues bag oh like bag yeah bags i'm all about i'd, I'd be all all in on bags 
See, the problem I have is you got hustlers in that bad game, and then you got the people who are just like, "Oh, I don't know what to play." Oh, well, you gotta know you gotta know your audience and who you're playing with. Um, I mean, because it can get serious and it can it can be perfectly uh, you know casual as well. You just gotta know who you're playing with. Yeah, well, when you play twenty bucks a game, it's like that's <laughs> <laughs> the over under odds are over under. Yeah, <laughs> the. Uh, I, I like I mean growing up it was always wiffle ball during uh, barbecues but that was because like me and my cousin would play and then uh, you know my brother once my brothers once they got a little bit older they would jump in and, and play and then my cousin would always have friends you know he was he was older than us so he would have a lot of his buddies over and we'd just get games going that way um, yeah so did a lot of that uh, but yeah I mean cornhole wasn't really around like until. Uh, it wasn't really popular until like we were in, I was in just you know, re- yeah. later in high school into into college. So that like, it became a part of, you know, kind of those, those barbecues, like later in life, it was, it's been a more, a more recent phenomenon for me at least. Yeah. I remember uh, one of the games that we used to play, not used to play. It was one fourth of July. We were at my grandparents' house and I don't know how, if my grand grandpa found it like in the garage, but they looked like they were at least 30 to 35 years old about 20 years ago when he found this. And he pulls out this giant thing of lawn darts and we're going to go play lawn darts. And it's like, these are like maybe like eight to 10 inch metal <laughs> spears that you throw and try to like, you, it's basically bags, but darts, you know, right. a non-safe version of them. And so he sets it up in the side lawn and we're out there playing and just doing our thing. And I don't know if it was my cousin Tim or if it was, my brother or who got the brilliant idea of we're going to play start to play a modified version of this where the game then became throw it straight up in the air and see if you can run away from it before it lands <laughs> and these things were rusted out lawn darts that we were throwing up as high as we could straight in the air and then once one of the parents came out and saw what we were doing and once we launched it into the tree trying to get a squirrel we had those confiscated from us to actually use there from, you know, it was like one of these things, but it's like, Oh my God, these are dangerous, very, very dangerous things that I remember. I don't know if that was like a food disaster or we had a great time. Yeah. I mean, you could have, I mean, on the high end, you could have got yourself a squirrel to barbecue. Yeah. On the low end, we could have impaled ourselves on (laughs) rusty lawn darts. Like, I, God, they were so awesome. Was, I'm, I'm sure that uh, everyone was planning for a tetanus booster as a side dish. Yeah, just in case, you know. <laughs> God, too much fun. I remember, like, I just remember old picnic tables. Remember, like, picnic tables? Yeah, I, I've sat at a picnic table, like, three days ago. Yeah, like the old <laughs> red ones and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this one was uh, had a natural finish on it, so it was, uh, you know, a little bit different color. But, yeah, I mean, we had a red a red picnic table in my, you know, growing up. It fell apart, but. Uh... Yeah, eventually. You know what grinds my gears? Good lawn furniture. That grinds my <laughs> gears. <laughs> Give me old picnic tables. So, all right, so let's talk a little bit about furniture at the barbecue, though, like, my parents were big on the Adirondack chairs. Oh, you like can't. The ones that, you can't eat shit you in those. Eat when you have those chairs, like you got to get something that's a little bit more upright. And we had like, I don't know, maybe four or six of the like plastic <laughs> Adirondack like lean back chairs, like like you're rolling. Joe, like, lean back, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm trying to you know house down burger number three, and uh, I'm having this situation. Because you're not full yet. Because, because the baked beans on my plate are sliding down off the plate because I'm sitting at an angle. 
<laughs> that's when you get up, flip the chair, walk away. I'm running away. Just like you flip the table and leave. You're done. <laughs> You're done. And it's like your fifth plate of baked beans, too. It's like, I'm yeah, still so hungry. You know, you've got your fiber allotment for uh, the month. Yeah. And you know what the funniest thing is? Like, I'm thinking back on like, oh, like summer barbecues and different things. It's like, I don't really remember any desserts ever except for one always being a standard and it was like the standard was rice krispie treats uh we were, see we would always have like cookies and, and random stuff yeah there was no there was certainly no standard i don't or think or like though. strawberry shortcake fourth of july had like strawberry shortcake and like blueberries and strawberries and stuff like yeah. that my grandparents would usually make like a cobbler or a pie or something and yeah. bring that out but uh, yeah there was certainly no like go-to where it was like oh man can't wait you know we're gonna have barbecue and this is what's gonna come out for dessert like it was it was more about the uh the entrees and the side dishes than dessert so can we make a summary of what our what our oh this podcast barbecue of awesomeness would be sure it would probably have some sort of uh old school picnic table it would be it would have medium rare steaks burgers medium Plastic uh, silverware. Plastic silverware. It may or may not include some lawn darts, and it sure <laughs> as hell will not have kale salad or quinoa, <laughs> quinoa burgers, quinoa, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> um, and one hundred percent, if there's an Adirondack chair, Steve's gonna go stone cold on that thing, right? Just absolutely, just destroy it. Yeah, or or I'll just pick a different place to sit. Yeah, pro <laughs> pro or against fireworks. Uh, I mean. I've I, I come from a long line of uh, of people who uh, appreciate fireworks. I, I I'm I'm fireworks twenty four seven three sixty five. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, are Especially you talking about are you talking about bigger... like city city sponsored fireworks or like would you prefer to take and do uh, uh, homemade? Oh uh, well, they certainly they're not homemade, but I like blowing shit up with uh, you know fireworks that I procure from a perhaps a stand off the side of a rural road and or a uh, perhaps a uh, fine establishment uh, you know heading heading north of the border from uh, Illinois into Wisconsin or perhaps uh, east into Indiana from Illinois. Yes, and you would take and per- procure that with a watermelon and a cantaloupe and just you know <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as like big city fireworks displays, uh, I mean, they're fine. Um, I I go and watch them. Uh, I don't get amped up for them. Actually, the, we went to the Sox game out here in Oakland uh, the other night, and the Oakland A's did a great uh, fireworks display. I was surprised because everything else, pretty much everything else about their stadium is awful. Yeah, like I'm not against fireworks. I like them. I enjoy them. It's just when you're the 4th of July in Chicago, in the city specifically, you just go outside and – if you can get up over the trees, you can look in every single direction. And oh, yeah. every, the, the question that I'm worried, wondering is, how do people afford the amount of fireworks that are getting launched off? Because I won't get one free, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're coming from neighborhoods that are just like, are you really launching these off there? Like, it's absolutely insane. But then I think I get a little desensitized now because they do fireworks all the time. Like, every Wednesday, they have fireworks. It's like, okay. It used to be fun when it was rare. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I I'd say I'm more about, uh, or I'm less inclined to go watch like city like professionally done fireworks. Like I'm I'm all about fireworks. That if I if I buy the fireworks, then I, it doesn't matter what what the day is or anything like that. Like even if it's just bottle rockets, I'm gonna go shoot those off. I think it comes down to we don't want to be in a large crowd. 
<laughs> it, it's part of that. Um, I mean, I don't, you make exceptions for certain instances, but yeah, I mean, if it's like in, in the city, like I'm not, you bet your ass, I'm not going down to Navy pier to watch fireworks, like any getting anywhere near that. Like that's, that's yeah. just a nightmare. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you can usually get enough space in like a, a local town or something like that to, to get by, but yeah, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a consideration. It's like, I don't want to be crammed in anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Don't bring that kale salad to our barbecues. <laughs> Don't bring kale salad to the barbecues. And if you do want to give us fireworks, we'd be happy to blow them up for you. But uh, yes, Patrick, let us adjourn from uh, fireworks uh, and l- let us let's dive into our next topic because this is something that uh, you have uh, you've been all over the past uh, this past week. You've been uh, you've been hitting up uh, these events uh, left and right. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about uh, some uh, concert going experiences. You know, it's summer season, concert and festival seasons in full swing. And uh, you, my man, you've been to uh, a bunch of excellent shows this past week. I'm, I'm moderately jealous of that. Yes. So let's let's cut the previous co- topic off with a <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about some concerts. It, it has been an absolute. The one thing I can say from all the concerts that I've went to this past week is I'm getting old. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you stand a lot. There's a lot of standing involved. But, like, there was a, like, so to uh, give a little backstory, I went to see Tom Petty at Wrigley Field, which Tom's had Tomas Petty, which actually had fireworks, which is pretty cool. I made the joke that he was launching off the Grateful Dead's fireworks on accident and kind of like when, uh, uh, Cypress Hill launched off the Peter Frampton's pig in the Simpsons <laughs> kind of like, Oh God, what happened? It's not working. Kind of like a, a like a, an homage to that, uh, to that reference. But yeah, it was a lot of shows this week. I was able to take and go and get some bucket list um, concerts off, knocked off sure. at some pretty big, like a first and also good venues. So Tom Petty came through uh, and did a fantastic show literally a week ago today uh, at Wrigley Field, sold out in front of like what forty some odd thousand, and the dude it was their fortieth anniversary tour, and one hundred percent one of the coolest things is, with the exception of like two pieces where they were a little rough, every song sounded like it was straight off the album, which I could expect if you've played these songs and been a band for forty years, you probably know how <laughs> to play your instruments and make them sound like they are absolutely one hundred percent amazing, um, and it was great, and it was like. It was at one of those iconic venues. Like I think what you see now is a lot of these superstar kind of big name acts when they come through Chicago or trying to play Wrigley if they can yeah. get the opportunity to. Um, but it's just a pain in the ass to get in and out of shows there. Um, fortunately, I found out a little concert hack for anybody who's going to Chicago uh, to see a Wrigley Field show. If you're trying to get an Uber X out of the thing, walk a couple blocks south and then either get like a – an uber black car or an uber large xl or get the spanish version and you can get out with zero surge pricing almost immediately uh right (laughs) after the show because that's what we did we took a town car back home um which was pretty cool and it was just good to see like a band like that that show was actually super nostalgic for me because like i remember it took me back like i could basically be sitting in a you know the car on the road trips listening to tom petty it took me back to those moments and it was good it rained and so some of the best parts about it was uh 
the beginning part of the week, I bought a bunch of ponchos on Amazon, a box of ponchos for 10 bucks and sold them to some dude for four bucks. Sold it a poncho. So I was making money on it, you know, 10 ponchos for 10 bucks. And I, you know, I turned a profit. Uh, How many on, you got left? I got six of them left. I gave away three. We got, we got all those podcast souvenirs now. Yep. We could brand them for you if you want it. <laughs> uh, and it was good. Like normally I'm not a huge fan of shows that go in the rain because it's just, it's not good. And it's summer, it was hot and it's like, you're putting on a poncho, you're gonna just sweat through everything, so you're gonna yeah. get wet anyways. But that was a that was a phenomenal show. Had fireworks, it was great. And then I also knocked another one off of my list. And this is it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers at uh, the United Center, and it was amazing. But one of the things that I learned from this is if you're an op like if you're asked to go on a major tour and you're an opener, play songs that some people will actually understand. Like <laughs> don't make it so like it's audible so you can hear like we saw this band like deer fart deer knuckle deer hoof some some stupid band like that i can't <laughs> remember um they're probably not stupid they're probably really nice people but their band like there was a song th- th- it was in an audible it was like a very very bad version of rock band like mm-hmm. it, when you do an alternate it doesn't band. help that you saw them at uh, the united center which has awful acoustics right well the the headliner came on it was a lot better Sure. But like they had a song like the drummer comes off, he gets off. He looked like that uh that over the wrong gig drummer on YouTube, the where he's just like overplaying the entire time. <laughs> he gets up and he's like introducing the song. He's like, We've been playing a lot of hockey arenas on this tour, so it's good that we're at a hockey and basketball arena and then they go five, six, seven, eight, basketball, 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 do 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 rebound, 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 and that was the song. I'm like what the fuck did I just listen to? <laughs> this is the <laughs> people were like, get off the stage. And then the red hot chili peppers were amazing, but it's like, there's a place in time for these large venues, but I'm still always going to be one of those, uh, for small club first, then larger concerts. And mm-hmm. then if you, it's going to really get hard to take and go to a festival. Festivals are just, See, I was, that was, I was going to ask you that exact question. Like what, where your, uh, where your standpoints are on the uh, theater versus, you know, what size theater. And then if you're into the festival thing. Yeah. It's probably club theater, stadium, festival. Festivals are tough because you're rushing people off the stage so quickly that off and on the stage so quickly that you can never get the sound dialed in for anybody. So they all sound like crap. Yeah, I mean, I I just booked a t- a ticket to go to a festival because I I am also uh, not a huge fan of the you know like the music festival. Like I'm not interested in going to Lollapalooza or anything like that. Um, but uh, I've got tickets to go see Cal Jam 17 down in Southern California, which is uh, Foo Fighters with uh, Queens of the Stone Age, um, Cage of the Elephant, Liam Gallagher from Oasis. Um, and a bunch of other, uh, you know, smaller bands as, as well. Um, but it's a small, it's a one day festival. It's a little sure, bit, sure. it's, I mean, it's a, it's in a big park, but it's a, as far as festivals go, it's a smaller venue uh, because you've only got, you know, it's only going for like 12 hours or something. So it's like, everyone's going to play decent length sets and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean like, that'll be interesting, but that's about as close to like, I would never do like a multiple day festival really. Like, um, I just can't handle the crowds, and yeah, I, I agree. The 100%. bathrooms, like, like it's the, the sound thing is a, is a big problem. Like the close, I think that like the best festival, so to speak, which it's not even totally, it's not like the same. It's not a festival in the vein of 
Lollapalooza or what's um you know or anything like that. What's the one that they do down in Tennessee? Uh, Bonnaroo. Yeah. Um, it's not like I mean Summerfest is excellent because they have all the stages already set up and it's one night has right. X number of bands. You have one band in an amphitheater, which all the sound is obviously tailored for them. Um, but then all the other smaller stages are set up specifically for you know for music like this is their thing Fuck so yeah. it's not, i saw nelly at Summerfest. so it's not as though they're they're rushing to like put this whole thing together like everything is assembled and ready for music um and then if you don't like the bands that are going on a certain day you don't have to go you just pick whatever day you feel like going yeah you just walk um, or if you're there you just walk down to the right. next stage and you don't hear any bleed it's awesome yeah it's it's very cool and i mean it, it's a uh uh, it's nice because you're you're not subjected to like buying a three hundred or four hundred dollar ticket, you know, for a weekend pass or anything like that. The shit runs for like ten days or fourteen days almost. So, um, you know, you get your pick of like big name acts, and then they have uh, some acts that are you know kind of not top tier, but still you know you know touring and stuff uh, that'll play the the smaller stages, and then like you'll have up and comers that play earlier in the night that lead into some of the bigger acts. So it's a, it's pretty good. That's about as close as I get to like the, uh, festival besides this Cal jam thing that this is like the first time I'm ever really going to a bigger, like dedicated music fest. Yeah, for sure. For Summerfest last year, it was, so we went and had amphitheater tickets and it was, uh, Chris Stapleton and Alabama shakes, which we left early cause Alabama shakes was such a downer. Uh, good talented musicians, but just not in the mindset what we were wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason is, is because Nelly was playing on a stage right next to him and Billy Idol at the same time. So you had Billy Idol, Nelly, and Chris Stapleton all playing major shows at the same time at different parts of it. Blue Oyster Cult was earlier during the day. It was great. And then, yeah, you get some of the up-and-comer bands, too. But, like, what are your thoughts about the, the, the municipality? Like, it goes within the summer barbecue stuff. <laughs> the municipality ones. Like, because I know that you found a couple this past week that were amazing. I know that I saw one. So we went to Arlington Heights Frontier Days on Monday uh, to see the none other than the Hoobastank play. Uh, <laughs> and if you're looking for a reason to go see them play, see what I did there? The reason. Oh, I see what you did there, you bastard. Yeah, it can take you leaving and wanting to be crawling in the dark you're on your way back to the parking lot. You see what I did there again? <laughs> uh, one of the things that I do remember that was amazing about this was there were a couple skanks walking around uh, downtown Arlington Heights plastered at like two or three in the afternoon it's like let's <laughs> follow them they got beer you go to hoobastank it's like normally you don't ask that question yeah but like, that's I, not something you want people knowing about you yeah but that definitely went to it and let me tell you it was it was yeah it was yeah <laughs> but they had yeah. rick springfield before and then they had gin blossoms the night before and oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like this is awesome yeah that's that i mean the town festival uh is a it's an interesting thing because you can get uh, like, I don't know. I, I remember like, I don't know, this had to be eight or 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a little less, maybe it was like six years ago. Uh, but ZZ Top was playing uh, Rib Fest in Naperville, which is actually like that's they, a big festival. Though. Yeah, it's a it's a bigger like of the municipal fests. It's Slash that's a played one. there a couple years ago too. Yeah, so like they do they do pull in some talent, but I mean, I, I remember last year when we went out. Uh, to eat. we went out to dinner in Vernon Hills in Illinois and we go to this bar before we go to eat and there's these uh you know promotional uh cards laying around with all the Placards. shows that they've 
yeah. that they've had. And the one that we happened to uh, find on our table was we, and unfortunately we'd missed it by about a week, but the one and only Smash Mouth had played the Vernon Hills Town <laughs> Festival. And uh, I was a little disappointed that I was not able to go see that. Or at least, at least 10 year old me was a little disappointed that I couldn't go see it. But uh, yeah, you certainly can find a variety of interesting musicians at it, it, both the municipality and the uh, uh, like state fair level. Yeah. Or I county fair level. I can't There was like a Chicago sausage fest and the headliner was like collective soul. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I would, I would go see collective soul at the Chicago sausage fest. Yeah, it was a not? festival of sausage. It wasn't a sausage, fest. but the, <laughs> it was probably both, but the full on the full half page advertisement in the, in the timeout was Chicago sausage fest collective soul. <laughs> it was either them or another band. Like, uh, I can't remember Daughtry or something. No, it was collective soul. <laughs> Daughtry would be horrible. Um, um so, what do you have as far as uh, like? Do you have any uh, uh, venues that are like near and dear to your heart? Yeah, I would say uh, some of the venues that are that I've liked. Uh, most of where I started to see concerts um, growing up, or when I was in the mu- of music age to go see stuff, mm-hmm. were in Seattle. Uh, and so there's a couple of venues in Seattle that are really great that I've uh, enjoyed seeing shows at, and they are all. The, the two of them that I love are one is the crocodile that's a 400 person club. If you can squeeze 400 people in there, it's a side of a, like it's a bar venue side of a room. I've had seen several very good uh, bands that are opening up there that have gone on to bigger things, bigger and larger things. Like one of them that I remember was, I remember seeing Alan stone when he released his first, uh, before he released his first album. So it was like his second EP uh, he did an album release party there in front of like 400 people, mm-hmm. and he just got off tour with uh, Hall and Oates, like, and Tears for Fears. Like he's gone from that to play there. Uh, another one in Seattle is a venue called Numos, and that was where I remember seeing on another night where um, I had got tickets late edition to the door, uh, got a hookup from a good friend of mine who I worked with, um, who knew the booking manager uh, for the venue, and he also had worked there. Uh, to see the Lumineers play uh, the oh, club yeah. show uh, before they hit their first album came out. So it was the, I think it was the summer of 2011, like, and seeing them play in front of 800 people, and now they're playing Chicago theater, bigger venues like that. Right. It, it's just amazing to see some of that stuff. So it's like, I prefer those more intimate stuff and like seeing good bands play on like a, you know, uh, on the up and coming stuff. I'm really upset because there's one of my favorite bands who uh, is releasing an album tomorrow, a band out of Seattle by the name of Pickwick, who I saw them play at a friend's wedding first, like in front of like 80 people. And then they gone and played in front of, they toured and they're touring. Now they're releasing their new album, Love Joys. We're not sponsored by them to say that, but go check it out. It's freaking sweet. But the reason I'm saying this is literally they're going to be, uh, playing tour dates one day off of where I'm being <laughs> twice. <laughs> so I'm flying into California. They're playing San Francisco the night before I get into San Francisco. And they play Chicago the day that I'm leaving to travel to L.A. And it's just too funny. It's like, are they watching my social media? Are they <laughs> o- overtly trying to take and make it so I can't go see their show? 
Um, but more power to you. If you can go to any of those shows, go to those. But yeah. like, what about you? What are your, in terms of like venues that you, that you've seen and enjoyed? Uh, different well, people? I've seen a lot of bands and this was, I mean, I grew up in, in far Northern Illinois. So like it was easier for us to go up to Milwaukee than it was for us to get to Chicago. So I saw at a younger age, I saw more shows in Milwaukee than I did in Chicago. So we would go up to the rave in Milwaukee, uh, the Eagles ballroom up there for pretty frequently had, uh, um, I mean, they had shows from kind of across genres, but at the time they were mostly in the like metal and new metal. Uh, so I saw a lot of really bad concerts up there. Um, but then as far as like theaters are concerned, uh, I love the, uh, the Riverside theater and the Pabst theater up in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Uh, there, those are two beautiful venues. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of those. Uh, but I also like, you know, going down in Chicago, going to the Vic, um, going to, you know, the Metro, your, uh, um, you know, Chicago theater is beautiful as well. Uh, those ones, you know, the Vic isn't anything necessarily special, but it's just kind of a cool venue with the location and everything. Same, same thing for the Metro. Um, and, and there's a lot of hit. There's yeah, the a lot Metro of music is just steeped in history. 100%. Yeah, exactly. like Smashing pumpkins being the house band. Like that was like, yeah. And it's small, smaller. Yeah. So, yeah, those are, those are two that I, or well, in Chicago, you know, the, the, those are probably the ones I get uh, I get into. But yeah, I mean, I I did a lot of uh, of, of visitation to uh, Milwaukee, which of course has had its fair share of visitors. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, like if you take about there, there's some places that I'd have that would be bucket lists. Like I, I've done some random like out of state touring, like not touring, but like travel. I traveled down to Miami to go watch Hall & Oates play at a casino over Thanksgiving a couple years ago by myself. And that was an awesome show because I thought it was a standing show and you know, all the old people sat down after the first <laughs> song. I'm like, well, it looks like Patrick's got to sit down for the rest of this. You know, I couldn't go for that, you know. My private <laughs> eyes were not doing uh, good Well, since things. you're a rich girl, you were able to afford your trip down there. Dude, I felt like a man-eater. No, that, that didn't. I don't know how that one works out there. <laughs> But, like, there's definitely some places that I would love to go see shows at. And I think one of them is, um, it's, like, I need to put it on the list and make it, just make it, a, like, find somebody who's playing out at Red Rocks mm-hmm. and just, like, go. Maybe I'll go play my own show. But going out to Cal- or going out to Colorado and seeing, like, I've seen pictures of everything, like, yeah. of Red Rocks. I mean, Rocks. I've been out. not to a not to a concert at red rocks but i've eaten dinner at like a really popular restaurant right outside of the amphitheater and everything uh that area is is killer uh yeah i would highly recommend i I would like to go and see it's for me it's like i gotta go like i gotta make it worthwhile like i'm not just gonna go there to see the venue i gotta go and see someone that's actually like going to motivate me to go out there um but yeah i mean they've got a great lineup usually every summer of different acts that go through there so is Celine Dion at Caesar's Palace on your list? <laughs> no, I'm gonna pass on Celine. Shania. Uh, I'm gonna pass on pretty much every Vegas act. Uh, I think. No Backstreet uh, Boys. Well, I mean, Vegas is ruined for me after our buddy passed out and we couldn't go see Smashing Pumpkins at uh, what was that Broken Bowl in Vegas? Yeah, that yeah. sucked. Thanks a lot, Josh. Yeah, good Screw guy, Josh. You. Um. But yeah, I mean, I would like to. I, I I've traveled to a few places to go to go to a show, but uh, I think the furthest one I ever went was uh, um, drove to Knoxville to go see City and Color. Um, 
I had a buddy who has friends that, that live down there and the show, you know, lined up perfectly. He was going down to visit and then he was like, Oh yeah, let's just go down there. Let's go see the show and everything. So went down there and this, there's a beautiful theater in downtown uh, uh, Knoxville that we went and saw a show at, which was, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, that's probably about as far, as far as I've gone specifically for a concert. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, Florida, I think was from me the longest that I've seen, but like, if you can do it, like, where you can go see there's some really great venues that are the outdoor amphitheaters where it's mm-hmm. not festival grounds like they do do they do 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 they they do do uh festivals there occasionally but if you're up in washington state go out to the gorge like that is one of the venues that is just absolutely breathtaking in terms of like you're sitting on the side of a hill on the columbia river and you're looking down and you just see this absolutely mammoth uh cut out of you know, solid rock, this river gorge, and it's beautiful there. I've seen several shows there. Uh, some that have ended with tents being pulled down on me at about six o'clock in the morning saying, we're getting <laughs> out of here. And some that have just been driving home like almost immediately, all of which have been fun, uh, fun experiences out there. It gets hot there. So just like the, the thing, the key to concerts is hydration. Also, Pop proper hydration, not just drinking beers and crushing. Not just limeritas. Yeah, not just that. But you know, I'm not going to judge it in case you want to take and do that. But just know you're like, God, if you get fucking hammered, like I've been hammered <laughs> at some shows where I don't even remember it. Yeah, I mean that's I'm never I've never been one to get like real drunk at a concert because yeah, I mean you're paying in a lot of instances a a pretty hefty sum of money if it's someone you actually want to go see. Um, plus beer is expensive at those shows and it's usually kind of crappy. Yeah. That's when you pregame uh, on the street with your own <laughs> bottle of fireball and your own. So what would you, what would you say? So give me your, your best and worst uh, concerts uh, before we wrap this up. Okay. Which one would you like first? You pick. Dealer's choice. Can the worst concert be uh, part of a show that was good? Sure. Like, okay, so the worst, obviously, the worst part of a concert was had to be this past weekend, and it was, uh, it was one hundred percent. It had to be that deer hoof, deer fart, deer thing at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> it was inaudible; like you couldn't hear it. Like, and um, like I give like sometimes you give like benefit of the doubt, but like it was five songs of just absolute pure, uh, horrible. Like, and that's probably tied with seeing Guar at Ozfest, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> out in uh out in Auburn, Washington, when they were giving away the free tickets there. Um, If I have to go and say my best show, it would have to be that uh, Foo Fighters 2015 at Wrigley Field. Yeah, Yeah, it was the second show I saw of them. First show I saw of Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters was in 2008 after they were coming off of their uh, Wembley Stadium performance. They sold out Wembley for two, and they were going on a national tour. Saw them at Key Arena. It was awesome. Uh, I didn't think that they could get better, and they got better, and it sounded amazing. And that night was awesome. <laughs> it rained again a little bit, but yeah. and then the the cool part about it was, like Dave Grohl has got so much energy when he plays in terms of running around and being the front man. He was knocked. He was uh, he was knocked out of commission because of a broken leg. So yeah. he had his like his master mega throne that he was walking or, or that he was sliding around the stage on, which was awesome. What about you? What was your best and what's your worst? Yeah. I mean, Foo Fighters was, is my number one. Uh, I saw Metallica years ago and that used to be it until that Foo Fighters show. 
Um, and then my worst is, uh, it's tough to say specifically, but uh, I, so this was at Summerfest and we went and saw a particular artist, which we're going to talk about in our next segment. Um, and then after that particular artist, we went and uh, saw, we were, you know, catching the the side stage stuff and Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros were playing. I was like, oh yeah, well, let's go catch that. And they played for like, I think 30 total minutes or so. And then they just ducked out and bounced. Like, oh, it that was, sucks. The, the show, like the, all the other headliners were still playing. And by the time we got over there, everyone's just kind of like milling around like, what the hell is going on? It's like, it's not even a band that I really gave a shit about, but it's like, all right, yeah, whatever. I'll go see them. You know, they they were popular at the time and went over there and it was like, they were, you know, like you, you heard buzzing from like guitars that were still, you know, amps and everything that were still on guitar feeds that were still live, but no one was playing. Maybe they and had an explosive situation that they had to take care of. They, they must've done something, but it was, yeah. So, I mean, I heard like the last bars of the last song that they played and that was it. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. So, so yeah, I, I, I'd be willing to give them another chance, you know, if they, if they wanted to make it up for me, although I don't know if they're really doing anything anymore. And I don't know if I care beyond going to like your home. <laughs> what, what, what would be, what was it? Uh, Frontier days. Maybe they'll play Frontier days and I'll get a chance to go out there and see it. <laughs> gin blossoms and tonic play Frontier days on the gin, gin and tonic, tonic tour. tour. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on things, but Patrick with Cypress Hill, the gin and tonic chronic tour. <laughs> we have to uh are we gonna get snoop dogg in there and have gin and juice oh god uh-oh <laughs> my mind is percolating okay uh, we, we need to change topics otherwise we're gonna be booking this thing well we're gonna be we're gonna be changing topics but we're not going too far because we're staying in the music realm so let's uh maybe slap a funky little baseline here on uh, the previous segment now, now we're getting into the heavy stuff patrick because uh, we were, you know, we've been friends for a long time, but uh, this we have, we have, we <laughs> yes. have been friends. Well, I mean, maybe maybe your opinions changed. Uh, I don't know, but uh, the uh, th- this this segment here is uh, it, it could stand to 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 break this friendship apart because uh, uh, yeah, we're we're staying in the music realm, and uh, there's a, there's a lot of heat going on these days. Uh, there, there's some uh, very serious uh, battles going on in the pop music world. And I gotta know, I gotta know, and I and I know where you stand, and I know where I stand, and we're gonna have to duke this one out, I think, because we gotta talk Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift. Oh God, this is gonna be really tough, and I know it's gonna be tough because uh, you have a page and a half worth of notes here. So what's our criteria? How are we gonna debate this? You know, well, I'm not I'm not here to put any rules on anything. This is uh, Fight Club uh, style, so uh, we're. We're going to knock this bitch out. Uh, well, we're not going to knock any <laughs> bitches out. We're going to knock this topic out. Uh, you know, no holds barred here. Okay. So this is this is 100% debate uh, debate central right now. Oh, yeah. We, we're not uh, – I'm not pulling any punches here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor first to make your opening remarks. Okay. Thank you, Counselor. I appreciate that. So – I am a. Uh, I will be taking the the side of uh, Katy Perry on on this uh, this fine debate, and and I want I must stipulate that this is no slight to uh, Miss Swift. Um, I think Taylor Swift is a uh, perfectly uh, talented musician and a, actually a, a very adept songwriter. Um, and, but I will say that Katy Perry is the uh, the better choice for for a number of different reasons, Patrick. 
Um, I mean, if if we want to talk, if we want to talk numbers, uh, let's let's just go straight back to uh, the fact that uh, Katy Perry has had nine number one singles, uh, whereas Taylor Swift has only had four. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Katy Perry having thirteen songs that have gone in the top five on the Billboard charts, whereas Taylor Swift has only had eleven. And uh, Katy Perry was also the first woman to ever have five number one singles, and all of them, all of which came on one album, which is second place only to the legendary Michael Jackson. Uh, so uh, pretty pretty impressive resume on the, uh, especially in the regards of uh, the Teenage Dream album. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got a, a litany of other reasons here that uh, um, you know I can I'm, I'm going to pull out of the bag when I need them. But uh, I'm just going to I'm going to talk strictly from a numbers perspective here on on those things. Katy Perry is knocking it out of the park. I need to dis not disagree with facts because those are facts. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. I need to take and take you back to a point, and I'm curious to look back and see what active career is in terms of age to those statistics. You know, because you well, have- Katy Perry's had uh, what? So let's see, four. Well, four. I think albums, three, four albums on under her under Katy Perry as long, and then one as Katy Hudson, where she was making her uh, where she was trying to do a uh, a gospel album before she got big. Right, right. So that one didn't even really chart. So I, I only consider the the four that uh, that she's done as as Katy Perry. Yeah, I think the 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 part that I'm gonna take and go with for I'm arguing pro Taylor, pro Tay 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 Swizzle, T Swift, Team Swizz, one hundred percent. And the reason I want to argue Taylor Swift is being self made, taking and getting it from the the standpoint of. This is somebody who was in the limelight from early 2000s. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. Mid 2000s, um, who came up and was a child, was able to take in, you know, get these career songs like the songwriting ability, writing them from a young, young age, getting albums out there, getting albums out there, not really knowing if they're going to take in there. But there was some sort of like connection to that. I mean, if you look at it on just pure age, you know, uh, Miss Perry or Miss Kitty Purry uh, <laughs> has got five years senior on Miss Swift. And so, yes, there is 11 to four in terms of number ones, right? That's still a five-year advantage in terms of age. I think that what you're seeing right now is there. there's parity between both of them, right? They're so... Now, if we were to throw in like Miley Cyrus or Adele, there's like, you can take and bring in all these other things and. Taylor Swift versus Miley Cyrus. There's no question about that. There's Adele versus Katy Perry. That's kind of debatable. But like, if we're going Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, I think a lot of this argument becomes, well, is Taylor Swift a bad person for taking in, you know, is there bad blood between them for <laughs> her taking and going back onto Spotify uh, with this album release? Right now, the way that I see this is Taylor Swift never performed with P.O.D., <laughs> um, and Taylor Swift was never married to Russell Brand. Now they do have the John Mayer connection, which you know they're Eskimo sisters for that. I guess I, potentially is that, is that the proper term? I mean, I know Eskimo brothers. I, I guess we'll I'm assuming that. that that would be the proper <laughs> term because you know equal rights. We've uh, got the Alaskan pipeline. <laughs> Alaska. Oh God. So like, but I think the the interesting part too is they have. Like, if you look at both of their YouTube views and all that stuff, 
like when you're starting to look at two billion views, right? And like, yes, you could have number ones, but also net worth of two hundred fifty million versus one hundred and fifty million or one hundred twenty five estimated. The tours Taylor Swift's on top touring, you know, and filling out football stadiums <laughs> and all these arenas and stuff like that. I don't know. If, did Katy Perry come and play Soldier Field? Um, I honestly don't know. I last I I've seen Katy Perry in concert. I saw her at the Marcos Amphitheater, and that was in 2011 or 12. See, and that's uh, that's that's where I think that they are right now. I think if you look at this this argument, it's they Katy Perry just released an album. There's uh, there's looming reports that T Swizzle's got some bangers in the closet coming out here in terms of a new album. <laughs> uh, uh, but I think that you're seeing. Like, have you heard Katy Perry's new album? Yeah, it's uh, it's not as good as as her previous work from what I from what I've heard of it so far. But, yeah. Uh, so you know, everyone's got to experiment. Yeah, I can't cast dispersions on a piece of work that's not been released yet. But where I see trajectory is, I think Katy Perry peaked at to uh, at the Super Bowl, and I will concede to you, Left Shark. The floor is yours, <laughs> counselor. Well, sir, I'm going to I'm going to raise a couple of objections here. Uh, first, your statement that Taylor Swift is is self made. Her dad owns part of the record label that put out her first album, um, and actually, I believe her first couple of albums, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I would hardly call that self made. Though talented, I wouldn't call it self made. Um, second of all, they've both uh, they've both put out the uh, um, Taylor Swift has five albums under Taylor Swift specifically. Uh, whereas Katy Perry has four. So I don't think the age uh, debate is, is relevant necessarily uh, because as far as, uh, um, you know, number of albums released of, of actual material, they're both fairly comparable. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that doesn't really hold water in, in my book. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the fact that, you know, you see billions of, of views. Here's another fact for you. Katy Perry was the first person to have a video on, uh, I believe it was either Vivo or YouTube to go to a billion, right. it was on Vivo, to go to a billion views. Um, I mean, what I'm seeing here is that these two have a very much a, a Batman and, and uh, like a, you know, Batman and Joker type dynamic where, you know, you've got, you've got, you got to have both sides of it. Katy Perry's just sitting there knocking down, knocking down fences. And then Taylor Swift is having the benefit of following in that trail. And she's, she may at certain points have, uh, you know, certain on certain tours have more financial success and things like that, but it's because someone before her is blazing that trail. Blazing something. Blazing something. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I can argue. I think your points are valid in terms of the whole Michael Jackson stuff and like the number ones, like, that's a remarkable statistic. And that Teenage Dream album was amazing. We can all know that stuff there. Um, I, I think that if we look at it from a standpoint of career, right, where it's going on trajectory, I don't think that Taylor Swift taking and releasing her stuff back on Spotify hurt Katy Perry's album, the new one, personally. No. Uh, I think the fact that the songs suck, well, don't suck, the songs were less than stellar of what we're used to mm -hmm. is probably what hurt it. Like it's not yeah, the greatest. I like I don't, yeah. I don't think that the, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. But like, if you took and had like, you know, you could be arguing like this could be like a Beatles, Rolling Stones kind of thing. What if you had the Beatles and the Rolling Stones 
taking go on at the same time like you know what i mean like what if they went on the tour and did like a co-headlining where it was just like they probably would well, actually lose money because well, they're... Let's, let's talk about the rolling stones here because both of these these ladies have done a uh, duet with the uh, rolling stones i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you finish okay i'm you gonna let, let you finish. Finish. <laughs> go ahead so you tell me what's better Katy perry doing uh, singing beast of burden with the Rolling Stones, or Taylor Swift doing "As Tears Go By" with Rolling Stones. Come on, I don't know. I don't know. I still can't get over that pod. I'll tell you, Frog is wrong. Is the, that's is wrong. What, that's what this is boiling down to? Damn it! Because "Beast of Burden" is a fucking perfect song. And can, can we bring out the onion for a second and peel back some layers here? Let's just yeah, get some introspective stuff. Okay. Like, because I want to take and bring this to the light. We are authentic to our listeners. So we're going to open our shells, right? Yeah. Do you listen to Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? Yes. Yes. 100%. Do you like both of them? I do. Yes. Yes. Are you happy when listening to Katy Perry? Yes. Are you happy when listening to Taylor Swift? Sometimes. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll speak to that, to that effect. Uh, I don't like country music almost in pretty much any format and uh so her first couple of albums just don't do anything taylor swift that is don't do anything for me Um, yeah i i appreciate them from the fact especially you know considering her age um writing the you know writing songs and and i think honestly i mean i will you know going against my point i think that taylor swift is a better songwriter than Katy perry is um but i think Katy perry is a better singer and a better performer okay I got you to say what I wanted to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think when you come back to it, like the songwriting and the content, um, for the most part, as, Swift, as of so, as of right now, I mean, we can't, yeah, yeah we can't yeah, cast judgment or dispersions on future no. op. Like, if we could, that'd be awesome. You have you got, hey, Taylor, Katie, if you want to write some songs with Steve and I, we're we're available. <laughs> we can work out this as a, as an arrangement somehow. I have know? a guitar and a practice amp. <laughs> it's a crate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great god damn it <laughs> but like yeah so when you hear these people like because this is something that's not just a beef between us this is all the entertainment t- tabloids are saying oh there's a Katy perry taylor swift beef oh there's this and that what do you think that's on what do you think that is why do you think this is an argument i think i think two reasons i think there probably is some personal animosity uh between the two of them uh as far as rivalry and uh, and things of that nature, and John Mayer, uh, and well, there's there's a personal component of it which I think is is valid. Um, I mean, obviously, we the only people who probably know it are them, and then some people that are close to them. Uh, but I I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, the situation that there was some uh, personal beef there as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- and I think that there's an industry component of it where I think the industry sees it as. Uh, you know, it's it's much easier to build things when there's a uh, a debate or a uh, a uh, you know a certain level of animosity between uh, two two groups rather than having like this one big like oh everyone loves Taylor and everyone loves Katie. Yeah, and that's a really interesting thing from like an industry standpoint. Country music was built like country music in general has a a dedicated fan base. Usually, it's not cannibalizing in terms of like concerts and stuff. So tours you have you never booked two major and this was coming in the 2000s 
because you knew that your fan base was always at one. So you'd stagger shows and you'd mm-hmm. get people to go to almost every show. And it's a way to do that. I think in the pop genre, when you have, you know, big stadiums going all the time, you have to take in, you know, get a little bit more uh, aggressive at trying to get those fans in when they are. Like, it doesn't make sense for them to tour in San Jose at the same time because, A, right. they're probably not going to have this. They're probably going to draw the same crowds. They're probably going to be fighting for the same venues and stuff like that. But is it okay if they tour, you know, a week after each other? I don't know. Maybe a couple of days after each other. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly – I mean, I'm not privy enough to the the knowledge of the industry to to say for certain. But, yeah, I mean, I – I don't think that you would ever want to put that you don't, if you're a smart booker uh, or tour manager or anything like that, I don't think you want to put either one of them side by side because, because there is some crossover. There are some, you know, people that like both of them and you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to force people to make a choice necessarily where uh, you know, Oh, like I can go and see Katy Perry on Wednesday or Taylor Swift on Thursday. Like you don't want them. you ideally want them to go see your show, but you got to know it's like what you're up against competition wise and you got to compete for those entertainment dollars. Um, so I think it would be wise, you know, to keep that line drawn where it's like, Oh, if one's tour in the West coast, the other one's probably touring on the East coast or overseas or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's certainly a, a, a concern for them. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like I, I'm, I probably speaking somewhat out of turn. I'm sure there are smarter people than, than me on this certainly, but uh, yeah, that's uh that's certainly something I would, uh, I would imagine that they try and do is to not directly compete with each other as far as like touring, like uh, the online stuff and media and things like that. Uh, I think it's much less expensive to worry about those things. Like right. you can, you can push those things and not have to worry about, you know, paying vendors and shit like that. Like you've got, you've got people already on staff that can take care of that stuff. Uh, it's it's a little different when you got to put together a whole live show. Yeah. So two points for me uh, that I will go off here before I uh, concede the floor again is I know for 100% fact the rumor has gotten to me that Taylor is a huge fan of Bud Light Lamaritas. So <laughs> that's always going to be 100%. Taylor and Dion. Taylor, yes. So And Taylor Swift was never married to Russell Brand. Okay. They didn't but- have to get him to the Greek. <laughs> Let me, uh, are you, are you giving up your floor time, sir? Floor time to you. Okay. Um, everyone makes poor decisions. Uh, Taylor Swift has made numerous ones. Tim Tebow. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't, uh, I'm not going to cast aspersions on anyone's choice of who they decide to uh, team up with in a relationship. Um, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, you, you just, you just can't, uh, you know, I, People, people are young, impressionable, and they're and they're gonna make uh, choices based on uh, those, uh, you know, the, those irrational feelings that come into their head. And you know, if Russell Brand came up to you, you might be you might be so persuaded to uh, you know have a what twelve, fourteen month marriage or something that get, that ends in a divorce via text message. I mean, who who are you to judge, sir? <laughs> I know that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, but one hundred percent, like, so I can say, uh, opening the onion again, taking that shell. You know, taking and peeling back the the layers that of my core and my aura and my being, um, I'm I like both. I think that both are a good artist, but I would much rather prefer listening to a Ms. Taylor Swift uh, perform. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't had great performances uh, from Katy Perry that are amazing, 
and stellar. And, you know, K- Katy Perry has been influential in terms of bringing new artists to the forefront, especially with her 2015 uh, Super Bowl performance where she had this breakout artist of Missy Elliott come <laughs> out there uh, and break the career there. Much like Kanye West uh, introduced the world to uh, this British uh rock star multi-instrumentalist paul mccartney uh so i think there's that's a funny thing too but then one of your trump card i think is 100 percent the fact that let's just talk about left shark you can talk about him if you want (laughs) i mean left shark is a uh uh an american treasure it's something that that should be celebrated uh i think it continues to be celebrated to this day uh but but patrick i mean as long as you've known me uh, you know that uh, I enjoy uh, novelty things. I, I like souvenir cups. Uh, I enjoy minor league baseball and goofy gimmicks and things like that. Let me tell you what Katy Perry, another thing that Katy Perry has that Taylor Swift doesn't. Four Guinness World Records. Interesting. I don't know what they're for. I didn't look that up. But she has four of them, and Taylor Swift has none to my knowledge. You might want to find out what they're for before you <laughs> proclaim them to Doesn't the matter. internet. I don't, I don't even care because she's got four of them, and whatever they got certified for, it's been certified at least once. Longest farts. <laughs> Sorry. The sneeze button should have been on. But going back to so, some more Katy Perry uh, uh, favorables, uh, she named one of her perfumes Killer Queen because she's hugely influenced by Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. So... I'm, I'm, you know, gonna, I'm gonna take that one, um, but yeah, that's, and and then also she's big into uh, Pet Sounds uh, by Beach Boys, which I think a lot of artists would probably say that, but uh, that's she's on record as being quoted as that, and I respect that. See, I don't think we're gonna have any bad blood from this de- debate. I just think oh, I might, I might need to shake it off and go to the blank <laughs> space of the recesses of uh, back when I was 22. What what we've been successful at doing is not uh, going into any sort of uh, uh, sexual desires in in this uh, in this conversation, which is probably for the best because uh, we could we could veer off very easily in, in that because uh, I would I would definitely assert that Katy Perry would be one of my teenage dreams. <laughs> and it's not even that you're hot and cold about that. Oh, I'm I'm definitely hot. I'm not cold. She's a dark horse. You just just gonna give make me you just roar. Give half that song. Just half that song. See, and then the other part is like you got the whole Rebecca Black thing there too. She has to use those YouTube views right there, but that's totally stealing. Oh no, you you think Rebecca Black was the star of that music video? It didn't hurt. Kenny G, dog. Corey Feldman. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Denise Gibson, right? Or Debbie, Debbie Gibson, Gibson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that video is insane. So, yeah. moral of the story is I don't think we're ever going to agree on one being better than the other. And it doesn't need to necessarily be a versus, I, I think. Because each have done different things in their career to get to the point where they're at. I think the interesting parts about it are where it's... um The tough part about it is how they're being portrayed against each other. I, I'd be I'd be honestly, like curious to see if there is any you know said animosity towards each other about it but i think a lot of it has to be byproducts right yeah i think there's probably that i'm just interested i mean Katy perry reportedly has a diss track out there i need to find out if taylor swift's going to do a diss track Ooh, which diss track uh the swish swish song is reportedly a diss track about taylor uh, swift swift, swift? 
Swish, swish. I know, but if you could take and change a couple letters, you got <laughs> Swift, Swift, Swifter, Swifter. What are we, are we Da Vinci coding this shit? <laughs> What's the better nickname? Who has better nicknames? Uh, I think Taylor Swift has better nicknames. T Swift, Tay Tay. Tay Tay's stupid. One of the funniest things I've ever seen was The Rock singing uh, Shake It Off in the, uh, what, season two of The Ballers when he's like <laughs> driving and he's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, nicknames, yeah, I would, I'll would. i cede the point that uh, Taylor Swift probably has a better nickname than Kitty Purry, but uh, uh, not, a, not a strong point to build, build one's argument. So this we'll put a we'll, we'll put a pin in this as like this is our initial discovery and then a couple of years down the road we can see where what this happens if there's another album. Well, was, after we both see them play at the Illinois State Fair in ten or fifteen years, then we can make a better judgment. Yeah, with gin and tonic, <laughs> gin tonic and tonic and juice. There we go. Get Snoop Dogg in there. Get Snoop Dogg in the mix with gin and tonic. Then they could. Then they can get Katy Perry in there. They can sing California Girls. We we've got we got a music festival all lined up right now. As much as we both don't like music festivals, now we've got at least a uh, we got the makings of one. Yeah, I think the moral of this whole story is uh, love music. Music loves us all. Left Shark <laughs> rules. Tay Tay. We have no bad blood. I thought this was going to be a little bit more painful in terms. I know you got about half a page more of notes that you can. Tear uh, I, into. I've got uh, I've got plenty more that I could that I could ring out. But Patrick, you've made some uh, some fairly valid points in this matter. Although as I, I have disputed a few of them, I think factually, but uh, I will I, I respect the case that you've built. Um, and uh, yes, we will we will leave it there. We have avoided. Uh, having any sort of uh, major beef between the two of us. That being said, however, there are there will be more opportunities for this, and uh, uh, I fully expect them to uh, get a little bit uh, more heated. Should there be a, if there's a if there's a diss track, I mean, we're going to be starting to get into East Coast West Coast stuff uh, between the two of them, and things could get heavy real fast. Yeah, I'm gonna let you finish up the episode by I'm gonna let you finish I'm gonna let you finish the episode <laughs> by taking us out to the rest of this one, Steve. Thank you for joining us here again. I feel happy. I feel really happy. These lime maritas are 100% uh, not the greatest thing to drink on a whatever day it is today in a 90 <laughs> degree temperature, but Hey, you know, whatever. I don't care. You're um, shaking it off right now. I'm shaking it off. I don't got no bad blood about that. You know, I could be feeling 22 uh, with that. <laughs> well, being that will be. So with that being said, this was episode 21 of all this podcast. Next week we'll be on episode 22 and I'm sure Patrick will, attempt to work in some more 22 references uh, within the context of the show. But uh, yes, you can find us at uh, ohthispodcast.com. You can also catch us like our page on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Patrick and I individually on Twitter. Uh, you can, if you feel like supporting the show, uh, you can go on to Patreon, support the show in various different ways. You can tell us, uh, you know, and especially we want to know, uh, you know, if you're on, if you're on team Katie or if you're on team Taylor, uh, let us know that because that will also help us uh, settle some debates, uh, you know, between the two of us. Or if uh, you're on or, team left shark, let us know that way too. Yeah, Or yeah, if you want to be Switzerland in this all, and you just want to be on team left shark, go ahead and let us know that too. Um, but yes, Patrick, it was been a absolute pleasure being back in the, back in the saddle again, uh, back uh, after our uh, long research and development uh, break. And uh, it was uh, good to be back in business. 
likewise. I couldn't agree more. And to give you a little bit of taste of like when we're feeling 22, the next time we record, we're gonna Ooh. basically we're gonna basically gonna get, talk about some interesting stuff uh, here. We have uh, a saucy, spicy meatball lined up for an episode a, of a themed episode. It, if I'm not mistaken, it, it is a themed episode, and it's the, the theme is gonna talk and be anchored by a, a great one. But first, we're going to talk about what you do when the internet's down. The internet's down entertainment factor. Uh, Now that's a commodity, so if the internet goes down, you really can't do anything. So we're going to talk (laughs) about that. Then we're going to hop in and take in, you're stranded on a desert island. Tell us what your meals of choice would be. Uh, Your desert island, what you can't live without, kind of taking a look at it. And we are going to get into a, a look into another piece of fine American cinematography and cut down to its core the great tom hanks robert zemeckis film of castaway 100 yeah. percent. we figured that's going to be an amazing thing it was going to be on international bikini day but that was yesterday and we were celebrating by having food comb uh food hangovers but again steve thank you for being here yep. this is thank episode 21 our primetime Dion sanders episode until next time i'm steve everybody I'm Patrick. We are out.